3: Hey guys, it's, it's David Um, I'm just coming here to say, uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that
0: they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit
3: your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you could even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little
0: little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention,
3: please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium
4: fever.
5: Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter.
4: Broadcasting from deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker, it's the Fallout Hub Wastelanders Party. Special guest stars, Pete Hines, Oxhorn, Juicehead, cocktail mixologist Jack Stone, with the musical stylings of the Marty Ray Project, and as always, your hosts, Dave Chaffins. Tom Blair, Kenneth Vigue, and I am your announcer, Cody Hightower. This episode of the Fallout Hub is sponsored by Blamco Mac and Cheese, the always delicious, hearty, and heart-conscious nourishing meal. Now with 500% more powdered, clumpy cheese. Find it at your local Super Duper Mart for just $9.99 a box.
0: All right, Wastelanders, welcome back to the Fallout Hub. I am your host, Tom. I am the proprietor, as some people call it, of the Robots Radio Network, and also the host of the of the Fallout Lorecast. And with me on our podcast, as usual, we have Ken from Chad a Fallout 76 Story. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you. And we have uh, Dave from the Vault Boys WV, our two regular hosts. Dave, welcome back.
6: Hello, everyone. And
0: this week we have a very special episode because we have three very special guests. So please allow me to introduce Pete Hines. Pete Hines, welcome to the show.
7: Thanks very much, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, joining us to talk about Wastelanders. We're extremely excited and we're we're super interested to get your opinions and thoughts on, on some things. And uh, Dave?
6: Also joining us, we have acclaimed lore master and scotch and cigar connoisseur oxhorn how you doing oxhorn
5: doing well hi everybody thrilled to be here can't wait to talk about wastelanders and last but certainly can... not
2: least is uh mr juice i'm not gonna call you mr head that's gonna be awkward
1: <laughs> yeah hi thanks for having me welcome back. back uh yeah, yeah the time that we've had you yeah yeah no very excited to be here
0: so um, we start out every one of our episodes with some sort of crazy uh, explanation for why we're broadcasting from inside a vault, but clearly you can see that we are all broadcasting from different locations today. So it kind of blows out the, um, uh, Well, I don't it's know, just different
5: rooms it. in the vault. That's different all. rooms yeah. in the
0: vault, which we've all decorated to our own tastes. I we got this Brady nice Bunch kind of set right here. Some of which might right be here.
7: having thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, be- right.
0: Juice right. that
2: is downstairs in the quarantine ward where there may be a fire later. We don't yeah, know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we always start out every episode of the Fallout Hub with our Robots Dozen. Now, Robots Dozen are 12 questions. It's kind of like a Baker's Dozen, so it's not 13. It's actually 11, but we start with zero because it's a Robots thing, so there's still only 12 questions that we ask our guests. And this is a rapid-fire question thing, and we're going to go in order. Pete, Oxhorn Juice Head. And I'm just going to throw a question out there, and you guys just give me the answer off the top of your heads. These are not controversial things. These okay. are not necessarily even specific to Wastelanders. These are just kind of off the top of your head, kind of opening questions. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Sure. All right. Here we go. Question number one What would you bring to my pool party?
5: Booze. <laughs> Good answer. Oxhorn? Oh, it's my turn. Oh, yeah, everyone oh. just goes through the questions. Oh. Well, he already said booze. Well, well, what, what, t- what else is there? Uh, <laughs> Scotch? booze. Yeah, more booze. <laughs> a little floaties, I suppose.
1: That's excellent. Yeah. Um, more booze. Like All right.
0: Uh, Perfect. 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 Question number two. If you were a turkey, how would you celebrate Thanksgiving?
7: Um, I think I'd have to eat a compatriot.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I would try to flee and live life another day.
1: Yeah, I think I would hide. That would probably be the best bet.
0: Alright, if you were to build a Fallout character with only 10 in one stat, what would it be?
7: Oh, that's a good one. Which stat? That's a good one. Uh, well, I guess I have to go to my most recent character and say strength, because it's I have a 10 in strength to carry shit, so 10 in
5: strength. Good call. Uh, I'd have to say charisma, uh, only because... Uh, where strength fails you, you can at least talk your way out of situations. I would probably do endurance and just try and run if it
1: didn't work out and survive long enough to run away. All right. Question number
0: four. If you could magically be an expert in any skill, what would it be?
4: Marketing. (laughs) 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 Um, Amen to that.
5: An expert in any skill? Just... Being normal, <laughs> being normal, I guess. In this day and age, that's a an skill. an expert at being normal. <laughs> That'd be nice.
1: Exceptionally normal. <laughs> that's,
5: uh, whole, that's my only ambition.
1: <laughs> I would probably do cooking. I don't know. I feel like it'd be good handy skill.
0: Yeah, everybody would love you.
1: Yeah. Everybody, that's that's very true. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, number five. Uh, who would win a game of chess? Skeletor or Gargamel?
7: <laughs> Skeletor
1: uh Papa Smurf she
4: <laughs> <call these> <laughs> or something
1: I would probably say skeletor also yeah. okay
0: number six what is the most amazing fallout 76 camp you've ever seen uh
7: the one I did on HOA on Thursday uh I forget the kid's name uh kid everybody's a kid to me because I'm old uh, <laughs> the, the UFO the UFO that he built outside yes. of the settlers camp is' uh-huh. was just Absolutely insane and I apologize I've already forgotten his name, but it, it was absolutely unreal. I sent it to the whole team on Friday.
5: Yeah, watch that it was awesome. <clears throat> well, I think the one that impressed me the most was uh, when the vending stalls first came out for fallout 76 and uh, I was doing a broadcast and I fast traveled to a vending stall and the guy had built a death trap where you you fast traveled in and immediately you went through a series of different trap doors. And it f- flung you off of a cliff.
7: And then Nine. he jumped down and ate you because he had cannibal.
5: That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> the strategy.
7: Wait, by the way, so I because I just remembered the kid's name the guy's name is Captain that built the UFO. Props to Captain for his awesome.
1: Oh UFO. yeah, yeah. Uh mine also on HOA, uh, I think her name was Lily Bird. And it was like her camp was cool because it was like segmented out and it had mm-hmm. like a ton kind of water and like all crazy lighting, underwater portions of our camp and it was it was really cool. Really awesome camp. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Very cool. Alright, if you were an old-timey cartoon character where would you hide your money?
7: Where would I hide my money? <laughs> uh, Under the mattress. Let's go with cliche.
5: Man, because I was going to say mattress too, but um, That's
7: still a good answer, Oxfam. You
5: can, you can have the same answer. You could you could lift up a floorboard. How about you'd find find a loose brick by the fireplace? Find ah. it there. It's ah. <laughs>
1: good. Um, I think mine would probably be in my sock. I feel like they never take their socks off in those shows, so
0: Alright. Uh, number eight. Christmas or your birthday?
1: Christmas. Christmas. Christmas? But my birthday is three weeks after Christmas. So they kinda of just get like merged into. but Christmas. <laughs> okay, number <laughs> nine. Birthday. Uh,
0: thank you. You like birthday Yeah, a <laughs> little yeah, late, yeah, but thank right you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Number nine If you had to give Dogmate a different name What would it be?
7: Deacon
5: Hmm Hmm Is... Is there like a lore implication with that? Now you've got my now you've got me wondering. <laughs> no, no, no. no <laughs> why sorry. does Pete uh, Hines think that Dogmeat? Uh, I name would be Deacon. Deacon I, I went is to Wake everywhere. I went
7: to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is the Demon Deacon. My very first dog's name was Deacon. He was an amazing dog.
5: Okay, so uh-huh. it has absolutely nothing to do with Fallout Four. Though.
7: Not, not game related.
5: All right, we'll 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 establish that. What would I name Dogmeat? Um, um, Wolf Patty. <laughs> Wolf
0: Patty. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one.
1: Um. I guess Rex too. I don't know. Mm-mm. Mm. The sequel. Rex the yeah. sequel. <laughs>
2: no Chopper sick balls. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Number 10. If you uh you're a wizard with only one spell,
5: what is it? Lightning bolt. Fly. Do wizards have the fly spell? Cuz I want to fly. That's like if, if this was a superhero question, that would be my answer. It would be great. It fly. would be flying.
1: Yeah. Uh,
5: I think I would do invisibility
1: because Oxfarm took flying.
0: Okay, number eleven, we're getting close to the end. If one is the loneliest number, then what is two?
1: Two.
7: Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. (laughs) No, no. One is the loneliest
5: number. No no other three
7: dog night fans in (laughs) the
5: (laughs) Okay. Well now we all have to break out into chorus. One is the loneliest Loneliest number. Right? No Able
0: sing with you. He's ready. Oh yeah! I love that I song, but on. I forget the lyrics. Luxor, <clears throat> <laughs> <Foxhorn, laughs> do you agree? Or do you? Uh, have
5: yes, yes, I do agree. Uh, no, let's let's we can skip this part. What is two? Two is,
1: I mean, what, being alone is bad. But if you have like someone that's really crappy to be around, that could be worse. So, two is potentially worse.
0: Mm, okay. And the last question, number twelve. If you controlled the rain and decided to rain something other than water, what would it be?
4: Oof.
7: Hmm. Nuka-cola.
5: Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. You just walk around like this. Yeah, exactly. Quantum all day. It'd be pretty, too. How about Vim-Captain's Blend? Ooh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then we'd all smell like a pier. Just everyone. (laughs) And if everyone smells like a pier... No one smells like a pier.
1: The first thing that came to my mind was Everclear, just because it'd be interesting.
7: It's going to make that pool party
1: interesting. It's going to rain. All right.
0: Well, thank you for your answers. We've input this into our uh, computer here in the vault, and it is processing your goat. Uh, We will be (laughs) revealing to you what your uh, optimal professions are and here I've got some answers here. We have Oxhorn, um it says Llama Wrangler. You are a I'll llama take it.
1: Wrangler. respectable profession.
0: Oxhorn, uh Juice Head, uh Graveyard Gardener. Congratulations.
1: Oh, I like that actually. And uh, brain fungus.
0: And Pete, yeah. it says that you are supposed to run uh marketing for a major game publisher.
7: I look forward to that someday. Should we oh. check that? It might be broken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, thank you for thank you for <laughs> participating in our goat. All right, now we're moving on to mixology.
8: Kira, and welcome to Experience Bar, where we are still, despite the quarantine, making video games into cocktails. My name is Jack. I'm the bartender here, and thank you so much to Fallout Hub for letting me show you guys how to make a very cool, appropriately post-apocalyptic drink, the Tick Blood Tequila Sunrise. Let's get started. So to begin the blood tick tequila sunrise, we are going to need a Collins glass filled with ice and our first ingredient, tequila. It's right there in the name after all. Here's the thing, anything uh, that's distilled in Appalachia isn't technically tequila. It has to come from a very specific set of towns in Mexico for it to be called that. But considering we're making this booze out of blood tick bits, I don't think we're worried too much about the technicalities. Two ounces of tequila. Lovely. Next, we have our orange juice, a key part of a real life tequila sunrise. And technically it's not in the game recipe, but it would feel wrong to not have it in here. So top it up, but not quite all the way because we are going to be adding another ingredient afterwards. So we come to mute fruit. Mute Fruit Juice specifically. So the thing is about Mute Fruit is that it's never really defined as to what it is in the game. It's used to describe anything from the kind of things that look like apples, right things to things that look like uh, blackberries. It's kind of weird, it seems like a catch-all term, but from my look at uh, the in-game uh, imagery, it kind of looks like a really messed up black to me. So we are going to be topping this off or rather topping it down, downing it up, downing it down one of those with uh, creme de cassis but we're going to be layering it so grab a spoon turn it upside down like this pop it in the top of the glass and very slowly pour your creme de cassis over the top and it will hopefully layer to the bottom Lovely. You can usually do that without the spoon. The ice slows it down enough, but just to be extra certain, we uh, did it over the back. So there you have it. The uh, tequila, the tick blood tequila sunrise, but we're not quite there yet. It wouldn't be much of a cocktail without a garnish. So we're going to be adding a nice little orange wheel just there. Balance, damn you. There we go. And a cherry. Just pop it there. And a straw. Because we're fancy boys. There we go. If you like uh, what you've seen here today uh, and you want to see more Fallout 76 cocktails, you can head over to uh, the main Silly Goose content YouTube channel, where we have a recipe right now for Nuka Shine. And yes, it's potent. And yes, it's blue. And best of all, it really glows. Hope to see you there. But until then, cheers.
6: Thank you very much, Jack. We've prepared our own drinks here at home. What is everybody drinking or not drinking? We'll start with uh, Ken. All
2: right. Well, I was going to make Jack's cocktail, but the liquor store was closed. So I have this really large goblet with a 10-year-old port, which is really, really good.
0: Ooh. Is it tawny or ruby?
2: It is... It uh, begins with a G.
0: G port.
2: <laughs> I'm one of those people who buys what it is without paying attention to the brand label. Awesome.
0: Tom, what about you? I'm just drinking water. Just keeping the pipes ready.
5: <laughs> Stay hydrated.
0: Flush those pipes.
6: Oxhorn.
5: <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm drinking the the Oxhorn special, and to make the Oxhorn special, you take a uh, clean and empty glass, and you pour one part scotch <laughs> <laughs> to one more and box. another part scotch. <laughs> Wow. It,
7: does it matter the order in which you do those, Oxhorn? Is it, you
5: it, can be creative. Okay. You can do uh, one so before I'm, the I'm, other.
7: I'm, I'm writing this down just for
0: okay. yeah. <laughs> mixology <it>. and all. You <laughs> said, what both. about you? You could test both orders and see which one tastes better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you said, what about you? I'm drinking, similar to Oxhorn, uh, Nika coffee grain whiskey with a scuff label. You can't really tell. It's very good. Very good. Favorite whiskey yeah. by far
5: nice choice
6: Yeah, I am drinking um, here's my coffee cup and that's got some coffee with like a shot of Contradiction bourbon which you can buy in Lewisburg, uh, West Virginia and then I have my water bottle here and I've talked about it multiple times in the show there's my sticker that says I met little Sebastian at the Pawnee Harvest Festival (laughs) and I love that sticker so much double fisting water and coffee whiskey you
2: reference that all the time and I finally get to see what it is hmm
0: All right, well, let's move on to our interview questions. And we're going to start off. Oh, sorry. Oh, 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 I'm
7: I'm sorry. I'm just drinking. I'm just drinking root beer too early in the day for me to start drinking it. (laughs)
0: Good Good call. All right, sorry to jump on top of that. Um, Pete, let's start off with some interview questions. We've got some questions for you. And I'm very interested. Let's start out with kind of a broad broad question here. Um, What are some of your takeaways from the year one of overseeing uh, fallout 76 games are hard games are hard <laughs> 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 period that's it talk about threading the needle <laughs>
7: tw- 20 years in in at bethesda 20 plus years and that was that's my big takeaway making video games is hard no matter how long you've done it uh do you i should probably expound on that um sure. <laughs> look I, you know I, I said this before i i said this a, a while ago um I, I have launched games of every shape and size at this point. I've shipped wildly successful stuff that was essentially bug-free. I've shipped stuff that people absolutely hated. I've shipped games that were problematic, that had issues and crashes and and everything in between. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can approach diversity. And, and my belief and our belief, part of the reason that I that I love Bethesda and the people that I work with is that I work with people who, when things don't go our way, um, we're not inclined to just give up and say, this is too hard or um, you know, too negative or anything that at the end of the day, if you have a belief in what you're trying to do, um, that it's far better to grind it out, stick it out, learn from your mistakes, hopefully, um, but just do better. And honestly, the last however many months has been, Bethesda game studios as a team and my team everybody at Bethesda you know it takes it takes a lot of folks QA and and production and 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 my team working together to talk about how do we do things better and try and uh, get ourselves in a position to have a successful Wastelanders launch and I think that's um, what we've done Um, and you know the last few days I think we've taken a time to sort of virtually pat each other on the shoulder and said you know hey way to go we did it but like part of me is already in okay now what like it's not like we're right. done it's the next um, thing. <laughs> you know there's there's still there's always things to improve there's always things to address like you know we we talk about it even in 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 other i, I was watching the uh i was watching a video uh, the other day since there's no sports i was watching the u.s soccer thing and bruce arena was in one of the World Cups was talking about it. This today should be the worst this team ever is. That every day we should be improving little by little, and tomorrow we should be a better team than today. And honestly, like that's my hope and belief for us as a company and seventy six as a game is that we just continue to try incremental improvements and gains, and you know take the momentum and not things we've learned off of Wastelanders, and you know try and do even better for the next stuff that we do. So
2: it's really. Wow. A- uh, Jeff Gardner had, had tweeted out yesterday, and it's really remarkable to see how much Wastelanders changed the base game in so many amazing ways um, to kind of check off so many boxes for even everything from the lighting, the shading systems, the way that the game looks and feels, the frame rates, and beyond all of that, what was added for story um, when I first got into PTS and started playing, there was a an NPC literally right outside my house, and it was such a surreal moment to talk to one for the first time. It was right on par there with talking to the overseer, like you finally catch up to her and she's not dead somewhere. Uh, you have spoilers. You kind of have that moment. Well, you know, we've all you have that moment like in Fallout Three when you finally meet your dad again, where it's like I've been chasing you all over. Um, it just it felt uh, very emotional in a, in a positive way
0: good yeah so let's uh, talking about um, emotion and, and positivity uh, there's a community who's been building around Fallout 76 and who's really stuck with it through, through thick and thin um, what has surprised you the most about this community the Fallout 76 community
7: the most
0: or what things what things in general have surprised you about them um
7: mm, that's a like I don't know about surprise like I how about this the thing that I appreciate the most is is the number of people just how many people um have stuck with us through through thick and thin um I'm not sure which part of our bumps have been the thick or the thin um but that certainly we've given them plenty of plenty of reason to bail um with issues and problems and missteps and you know sometimes it felt like we took a step forward and two steps back with different things um but just that they felt like look i i get what's here and how much they embraced what it was and not that they didn't focus on what it wasn't but they were willing to For what it was at that time, last August, last November, last April, to say, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I I want NPCs, but I still am able to roleplay and do stuff in this game with other people. Um, And then to see stuff that's come out of it, whether, I mean, you know, first of all, uh, all the content that's come out, the the podcast, you know, I I had the pleasure of joining Kevin for his Chad podcast, which was super fun to do and meet all of those folks um and again just to hear from those folks one on one to say who are like um you know how how much this game means to them the the relationships they've done and then you've got you know the, the 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 50 responders and the HOA you know I've done I've done that a few times just to sort of get to know those folks better and what they've been able to do like this whole honestly you know it, you guys probably saw like I have this shitty little camp I'm role-playing a guy from the backwoods of West Virginia (laughs) who doesn't put a whole lot of time into this that, or the other and would rather just be out with his backpack exploring West Virginia and then then I go see what all these other people have built you know the camps that you know that uh, Juicehead and Oxhorn mentioned that that, the time and effort they've put into the hours and hours they've sunk into it with creativity and it's just awesome to see and so now I think I, I think they've done amazing things with the base that we gave them and now with Wastelanders and where I think we're going forward I really look forward to them taking all of that passion and energy and, and building off of this new base that they've not uh, they've now got and I know we haven't talked about it a lot yet you know it's it's coming but what I know is coming later this year a lot of which is really directed towards look, this is what we hear players talking about and here's what we see them doing that they want more of and we really think these things are going to make a big difference, I think it's going to be pretty amazing, the stuff that we have coming coming down the line.
0: Yeah, so um, I know you probably are waiting to reveal certain things at certain times, um, but can you talk about what you personally are hoping Fallout 76 grows into? Like, where do you see it going?
7: Well, I, I think the answer is it's... it's it's going to go it needs to go in multiple directions right like it can't be look going forward it's just about npcs and stories like that that's it that's all we're doing like that will serve a lot of folks that will serve pretty much all of the folks but there are but at the same time there's folks who appreciate that stuff but are also super into other elements of this like base building for example yeah. right and like well that's really important so if you only do npcs and story building as somebody who's really into the base building and camps like you this is as far as you're going to take me and this is the most you're going to get me as far as tool sets so you know i think it's going to have to go in a number of different directions at different speeds uh, at different intervals but um you know i think that will be important. You know, the M word is still floating out there. People wanting to know about, hey, what about mods? And, and you know, that's always been something that we've we've brought to the Fallout franchise based on the stuff we did in Elder Scrolls and, and something that at some point um, I'd like to see us uh, bring an answer and a solution to for folks who want to change their experience in some ways. So, um, but, you know, the time frame I'm talking about there is not, and hey, let's see if we can pull all that off by June, right? We're talking about years. Like how, over the next few years, how are we going to continue to grow? But again, I think there's so much stuff on a system level that they've done with some of the instancing stuff and other things that will really um, open up uh, a great base for, for us to build new content and new things for players going forward. And I'm, I'm excited for what we have planned and, and I'm excited to see what players do with that.
6: Yeah, Kind of outside of, of Fallout 76 itself <laughs> with I guess E3 and some of these other event cancellations and in this current crazy pandemic crisis that we're in, do you see the industry kind of moving more towards digital events or is there still a a venue for those large press events? What's kind of your take on, on, I would suppose, the marketing climate right now?
7: Well, yeah, right now it's, if you're planning anything that's not digital, you, you know, I mean, the main reason that we canceled QuakeCon was we didn't think logistically we could, we could plan an in person thing and not and not be able to do the things we're used to doing for the last 24, 25 years of doing QuakeCon. Um, and you know, the problem is, let's say you had a big in person thing in November. Well, how in this climate? Are you talking about like, hey, you should sign up to come take a trip out to here to like, it's, it's totally tone deaf right now. Like, people are dying, and people are getting really sick. And we have colleagues and friends who have folks who have passed away from this like you you have to accept what's going on i think going forward it'll be a mix and and i don't think there's any one solution i mean you've seen any number of folks nintendo just just does just fine with their nintendo directs like right they they reach a massive audience it's wildly popular treehouse stuff does awesome like so at the end of the day i I think it'll probably still be a, a mix um me personally um i don't mind taking a year off from e3 20 years in a row of of doing that is a grind. Um, I know it's fun to attend. It is an absolute uh, nightmare to work on. It is just months and months of stress. And on top of all the work you're doing to make games and market games, you're also just putting untold amounts of energy into this single one hour thing. That said, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to E3 next year and and doing something like we've done in the past, but we'll, we'll see. I mean. You know, sitting here right now, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like going forward. But I still think it's important for us. It's why we do the community things at PAX East. There's just something about getting to, to stand there and talk face to face. You know, the conversations I get to have with, with Kenneth or or anybody that shows up that says, you know, I want to talk about, I want to ask you questions. You know, that I, I use Twitter the same way I use PAX East, right? I talk to you like if you were standing in in front of me and there's something to be said for being able to do that with fans, that they can look you in the eye and, and have a conversation and understand where you're coming from, or that, you know, you can ask me a question. You can, you can t- go on a rant about how upset you are, and I'll stand there and take it and, and give you a response or try and give you context. Like, I think that one-to-one is, is still super important, at least, for, at least for me, for us, that's, that's kind of my take.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, from meeting you at Bethesda game days, I can, I can attest to that personally. You, you are very open to having conversations and very approachable and um that is that is very appreciated because there aren't everybody isn't like that and you, you know when <laughs> going to these events is a lot of work i'm sure it's it's extra time for you on weekends and extra time you know preparing and all that and i can also see how uh taking some time off from that would be kind of a relief in order to help you prep for the next year and kind of get pumped up for that as well that makes a lot of sense
4: yeah hey,
6: do you have something Oh yeah, uh, just kind of—it's kind of a depressing subject matter, I guess. So, kind of, kind of moving on and bringing a little bit of, of levity. There is one question that I wanted to ask that I think that some people have been wondering. Okay. Um, there's a running theory, um, kind of getting into a little bit of conspiracy, that uh, mm-hmm. Pixar films are located with within the same universe. Do you have any mm-hmm. comments on the possibility of a Bethesda verse? Yes. For example, would we see Vault Tech and Doom, or Wolfenstein and The Evil Within?
7: um i mean the short answer to that is very easy and that it's no like Mm -hmm. it is literally impossible for the fallout elder scrolls is the one i've always gotten asked about and i have to remind people you do remember that fallout was made by a different company several times before we then bought the ip so the notion that those are all in the same universe from the beginning is like folly and id made Doom and Wolfenstein and we didn't own them when they made those things so the <laughs> idea that I am now somehow we are now going to somehow go oh yeah by the way they're all in the same thing is silly now like as it relates to its stuff well I have seen stuff out there before about like oh well you know uh, Billy from Commander Keen is somehow related to like uh, BJ from Wolfenstein or this and that like well that all predates me so I, I think the people who made that stuff are better qualified to answer than I do. But in general, no. Like, I, maybe it makes sense for a Pixar. It doesn't make sense for us. We like our devs to say, what do you want to make? What are you passionate about? Do your own thing. You should be able to make the Dishonored Universe just whatever you want the Dishonored Universe to be and not figure <laughs> out. How does this tie into something? Like, who gives a shit? Just make Dishonored. Don't worry about <laughs> it.
2: Do you think... Uh do developers get to add in their own Easter eggs and kind of oh, like yeah. the old school Disney animators used to just kind of throw stuff in there Yeah, that didn't really fit with anything. Cause you stumble upon some stuff in some of the games. That's just kind of, well, look, it's I mean, nod you, to other.
7: Have, I don't know if any of you played doom eternal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um,
7: I spent an extensive amount of time, uh, longer than I should have uh, going through every single title for every single book in the Doom Slayer's base to see what was in there. And there's all kinds of stuff in like there. there's, a, there's a Wasteland Survival Guide in there, right? And you're like, <laughs> well, what is that doing in Doom? It's, it's in there because it's fun and it's funny. Um, so yeah, they do that stuff all the time. I don't think I ever saw it. I was told uh, I was in the first EVA Within that they one of the devs like put me on a missing person poster and and like I'm yeah, Um, because you know I did a lot of I did a lot of um, interviews on the evil within uh, uh, because I think Shinji gets tired of having to do interviews where everything's translated and he was like will you just do all of these and so I started doing a lot of uh, interview stuff and I think they they threw a little nod yeah they they put stuff in all the time most of the time almost all of the time none of us have a clue about that stuff like we asked them can you please make sure you tell us so we don't find some Easter egg that is like totally inappropriate or like you thought (laughs) was funny and like, but, you know, totally maybe not okay. But um, yeah, but it's, we're often surprised when somebody points those out and we look at each other, like, did you know about this? I didn't know about this. Like who put that in there? So.
6: And that's your story and you're sticking to it. That's my Um, story and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) So kind of talking about the studios and, and coming together um, one of the things that I noticed when, when Fallout 76 originally launched was that there was even some input from other studios like Arcane into the game itself. So has there been any kind of like insight that Bethesda's drawn from other projects like Elder Scrolls Online when it comes to the Wastelanders expansion?
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just uh, not even specific to Wastelanders, just 276. I mean, one of the mm-hmm. things as a company we really, really strive to do is to encourage sharing of information sharing of resources sharing of approaches across our studios um we have a we have a giant um we call it the midwinter meetings early in december where people uh, not everybody is they wouldn't all fit in the building but we get folks from all of our studios and all of our offices from around the world come to rockville for a few days um and even if you're not in rockville we show everybody in the company everything that everybody in the company is working on so every studio regardless of what state their game is, is about the launch greenlit shares so that everybody has a sense of here's what we're doing here's why we're excited about what we're doing and so yeah when it comes to things like servers or ces issues or design problems or whatever it is like somebody in the company you know you use the xenomax online you know there's folks there not who haven't just been working on elder scrolls online for five six ten years but had experience before they came um to bethesda or folks that are arcane that like well maybe the thing they're working on right now isn't related to that but in their previous job they did something that like hey i've got a little experience with this and here's some ideas on how to do this that and the other so we really try and encourage sh- sharing across disciplines across studios wherever it makes sense but again that's it's more of a dev thing right it's it's not a like you know share three things with everybody else today it's more of a like if you have a problem you need to reach out designers talk to designers
6: artists to artists that kind of thing really good culture yeah
0: yeah so um to to wrap up this uh segment the last question i'd, I'd like to throw out there is just what is your typical night of playing 76 what is that like He said you like to explore. I like to explore too.
7: Yeah. So, so the, the, the character, the, the, the main one that I have um, I usually play on Xbox mostly because after a day of being at my PC, uh, I'm looking to not be at a keyboard. Um, Plus I can sit next to my wife and she can sort of participate in what I'm doing. What I spent a lot of time doing was I would just pick sections of the map and be like, I'm gonna explore this today. Like, there's stuff there I don't think I've discovered. I'm just gonna walk that way and see what there is to see and see what there is to find. Um, but sometimes it's just like, I have no disease cure uh, and I need some. So I'm gonna go on a scouting trip today. I'm gonna go down by Flatwoods. I'm gonna go over by uh, Slocum Joe's and look for Firecap and you know get the ingredients I need to make myself some disease cure stuff lately uh, i rolled a new character for wastelanders and so i'm starting all over again from scratch as a new experience i'm not entirely sure what approach this build i mean i'm only like i don't know seven or eight or something um but i started a new character on xbox i started a new character on playstation 4 um yeah and i'm just sort of like i don't know grazing like going back through doing that doing that goddamn water test in flatwoods for the 500th time like
2: rose is waiting for you yeah she can't wait. wait to see you
7: yeah i bet she can't um but yeah and like the dmv I, I, yeah i just like doing stuff at my own at my own pace um right. and, and just kind of logging in and see what i feel like doing that day
6: like taylor swift has said everything has changed
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, I started a new character too, and I'm, I'm gonna see if a uh, 10 charisma build is actually possible. It's viable. Yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see how that works out. Charm the Raiders. Cool. Um, well, let's move on to Oxhorn. Oxhorn, how's it going? Going all right. Glad yes. to be here. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show. We're, we're excited to have you. Uh, you're one of the guests that we get a lot of people recommending and, and asking for. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this work. Um, so let's let's start out with this uh, now that you've had a bit of time to create content with back again with traditional fallout dialogue because the dialogue trees are back in wastelanders what are some of the differences in creating uh, series with or without traditional NPCs
5: well uh, with uh, uh, fallout 76 before traditional NPCs came back it, it was easier to create content because it was all uh, uh, you know, hollow tapes and Notes. So I was either uh, recording a hollow tape or reading something myself. With um, NPCs, it's much more interesting to have a, a conversation with with NPCs. But from a content creation perspective, it's also really difficult because unlike with the previous Fallout's, where you could quick save before talking to an NPC so that you could go back and go through all of their dialogue, there are certain points when talking with an NPC where you get through a dialogue tree, and that's a point of no re- return. But you can't go back and explore some of the other options so i've been frustrated it's probably a unique frustration for for somebody who's trying to do a lore video and trying to get all of the different options where um i find myself tabbing out of a conversation and then we re, uh, uh restarting a dialogue so that i can hope to find an earlier piece but then i find that i've advanced too far in the conversation so uh <clears throat> so it's at the beginning of my live streams of Wastelanders I had to kind of get used to the new dialogue system and now I think I'm timing it right because there's a tiny little pause when you know that the point of no return is coming up where you can quickly tab out and then go through the beginning dialogue options again before moving on to the next segment where you kind of stuck into that dialogue tree. so it presents its own challenges but um, the dialogue is really funny and, and it's fun
6: Yeah, I've- life I've- presents problems where it's like uh, I'm trying to be funny particularly to a character but then I end up just Pissing them off and they won't talk to me, which is <laughs> how that works. I find
5: that I want just to like know. in real life. Yeah, I want to know what the really sarcastic or the mean dialogue option is. But then again, I'm not playing. I'm not role playing a mean character, so right. part of me wants to just choose the nice, you know, goody two shoes option because mm-hmm. that's my character. But then I've got this audience that they're watching and they're like, do the sarcastic option. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right, we'll do it. And then suddenly I, I realize that I, I lose reputation with Foundation because I pissed off. Edge. Whoops! <laughs> Whoops!
0: <laughs> yeah, I've always appreciated how much uh, how much work you put into capturing all the all the dialogue, all the different scenes and images. And there's, I mean, we do podcasts. I do the I do the Fallout Lorecast, and it's really easy on a podcast that's an audio medium to just look up all the content you need and be able to read it into a microphone or find a sound clip. Um, video is. Uh, four times as much work right do you find that to be the case because uh, I would love to do what you do but I think what you do is a phenomenal amount of work how do you how do you feel about it
5: it's it's a it's a blessing because um I found an an opportunity because it is a phenomenal amount of work but you can do it and most people didn't want to do it like when I started with doing fallout for my channel i had these same questions and i would try and find the answers and i didn't find it in a video format i would find it in either a wiki or i have every single strategy guide and i could thumb through the strategy guide but it hadn't been shot or put together so i figure you know it's it's kind of like with many things if you're willing to just go through the work and do it then then you might you might find an avenue for yourself that otherwise was closed uh, so um, yeah it is It is a lot of work but it's also a, a blessing in disguise because I know that few people are going to sit down and do it or at least not beat me to it and so I can sit down and just go through it and yeah it's repetitive and it's a bit grindy but it's also really rewarding because I also find an opportunity to kind of be creative myself either with my own um, narration over it or finding ways to, to piece the story together that um, makes more sense than uh, the way I would typically find it in the world so uh, it's it's fun. It's, it's rewarding.
2: You do a good job of putting together the context of something, of what's going on. Or a lot of times, if you just stumble upon a note or an isolated holotape, you're kind of missing the pieces of the story. So it's just kind of piecing that together in a linear standpoint that makes it really great to listen to.
5: Thanks. That's one of the reasons that I started doing lore to begin with, is because when I first got into Fallout, I'm stepping into this world, and part of the charm of it is it's this wasteland with an alternate history history, and you're kind of you're thrown into it, and you don't really know everything. You understand there was a war, that there were bombs, and you're in a vault, but you gotta to piece together everything uh, by putting together the scraps of hollow tapes and bits of paper and terminals that you find in the wasteland. So in my first few uh, playthroughs of Fallout 4, and then certainly when I played Fallout 3 for the first time, I had no idea what was going on, and I would beat the game, and I still had all these questions. And so I figured, well, I'll just play through everything again, and instead of focusing on Combat or my uh, my junk jet or, or any of the other things that I was focused on the first time, I'll focus on the lore, and I figured I would share everything that I found on my on my YouTube channel.
0: Very cool. Um, when it comes to Fallout seventy six,
5: <laughs>
6: you guys hear that Me too sometimes. <laughs>
0: Tom's got his own Miss Nanny out back. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Fallout seventy six, yeah, I, I noticed you posted. You've now made it through all of the new Wastelanders content, and I, I don't want to go into too many spoilers because a lot of people are still working through that. But where, where do you, from like a lower perspective, where do you feel like things are going to move forward? And I know, I know, P can't can't chime in on this one, but it's it, I love speculating about. Well, like,
1: I,
7: I can't. I'm just not going to. <laughs> I'll show off. Ah, great. <laughs> I, love,
0: I love speculation, especially with when people who have a lot of um, knowledge in the lore, like somebody like Oxhorn, can can look at things and go, okay, this seems to be maybe where we're going, or this is where I'd like to see it go.
5: Well, I'm, I haven't gotten through everything. I've gotten through all of the quests so far. So the main okay, story so quest, the right. the, um, the Duchess quest, and then all of the allies at least, I think I've gotten all of the allies. I've gone through all of that. But there's still a lot of new locations that I haven't explored and uh, a, a lot of lore that I haven't uncovered. So I'm really looking forward to finding all of that. <clears throat> in terms of where it goes, I mean, I have a lot of a lot of questions that I want answered. Um, I want to know more about the interloper. What, what is this interloper thing? Uh, we find it in the Lucky Hole Mine, and it's just sort of beating. And have you throbbing. been to the Deep yet? I have been to the Deep. And uh, Have I mean, you wondered what? If yeah, well, I, I called him the son of the interloper because yeah. it's 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 teeny. It's an itty it's an itty bitty interloper.
2: So if you but, hit it, it does have a different colored blood than the interloper does, which is the only thing I noticed. That's, what that's funny. see, I, notice I didn't even the notice color that. The
5: blood. See, I blood shot the is... original interloper. I shot him a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, that's that's red blood coming from a plant. I'm yeah. suddenly very disturbed. <laughs> and then I Tim's found over
6: here going, "What do you bleed?" <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> so we tried it again with the son of the interloper, and it also bled, but I didn't realize that it was a different color blood. Now you've given me cause to pause. Mm. Mm. (laughs) But yeah, I want to know more about the interloper. I want to know more about uh, the the cult of the Mothman, because um, I mean, you've got this Mothman who's Tranquil and, uh, you know, the wizened Mothman. But then you've got the Mothmans that are very violent and it seems like the violent ones, <laughs> ones that have, a cults that have grown around them, uh, taking over Point Pleasant. So what, what kind of went on there? What happened the night that the bombs dropped where all of those cult, uh, cultists inside Point Pleasant went to the rooftops only to be vaporized and yet we still find cultists wandering around Appalachia? What happened there? Um, I mean, I've got questions about uh, I don't want to get too deep into spoilers, but the U.S. military arriving to talk to you if you side with the foundation Uh, how did how does that work when you have the brotherhood of steel founded by roger maxson who basically took over the remnants of the u.s military um i mean there are lots of different things that have been introduced with wastelanders uh and then follow fallout seventy six in general that i want to see expounded upon i mean what i don't want is i don't want these things to be kind of touched upon and then released and they just kind of, well, you know, whatever you believe, that's, that's, that's the reality. I, I don't like things like that. I kind of want to, I, I, I like the ability to tell my own story for my own character. But when it comes to, like, the plot of the world, I, I, I kind of do want, want some answers. So I'm, look, I'm, fu- I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where those stories go from here on out.
2: There's a, a lot of people who uh, are really hoping that at some point the Brotherhood of the Steel and the Enclave show up at some capacity um, where you go through in the original quest line, repairing the connection to the Zax Maldoon or the, the Kovac Maldoon rather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see if Modus becomes more of a threat and is able to, to contact the oil rig at this point in history to get some. Yeah. This is, this
0: future. is something Ken and I discussed about yeah, how that, that might be a thing coming up in the future. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Modus is an, an interesting character.
5: It, it, it very well could be. I mean, That's we like already Pete know 200 years.
2: He has a perfect poker face. Yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Look, let, let, let me just interject here. You guys are talking on a level that I couldn't tell you shit about anyway. <laughs> so You know this by now. I, like, I'm not the lore guy. I was terrible at history. If you ask me to remember names, places, and dates, I will fail on every subject, at every possible term, whether it's a game I worked on or not. So, like... You're talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, phew, I don't even have to play coy here. Like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about.
4: (laughs) Perfect.
5: (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, we already know, um, based on the events of Fallout 3, that 200 years after the bombs dropped, um, uh, if there was a strong enclave presence in West Virginia, it wasn't strong enough to uh, have that great of an influence on the East Coast, which is why... Uh, Eden, was able to do what he did in the capital wasteland, right? right? So I am curious to find out how the Enclave story progresses. I don't know if I would want it to be a primary or, or big motivating part of the story going uh, going forward. And I have similar thoughts with the Brotherhood of Steel. I was surprised when I learned that the Brotherhood of Steel was going to be making an appearance in Fallout 76. I didn't know how that was going to work. And then when we find out that uh, Roger Maxson didn't actually travel from the West Coast to the East Coast, that he just contacted people and Elizabeth Taigerti rebuilt the Brotherhood or built the Brotherhood there, um, That then that made much more sense. Th- they've all died out now, right? Communication with the, the West Coast chapter is all but extinguished. So I don't expect the Brotherhood to make any further re- uh, emergence within um, uh, Appalachia. I would be surprised if that did happen. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed because I'm sure that Bethesda would have a very creative way of having it work. But um, for me personally, I would I would like to see more unique to West Virginia stories be given prominence in Fallout seventy six. We've seen the Brotherhood and the Enclave and many of the other factions and plenty of the other games, and we have fond memories of those. and There's already enough lore on those. I want to see other stories kind of explored, um, other factions created and expounded upon. So that's what I'm looking for most in in uh, further iterations of. it 76.
2: I'd love to be able to join the Mothman cultists as a faction. That would be awesome. (laughs) That would
0: be great. That would be awesome. It would be, I I want to take part in one of their rituals. (laughs) It'd be super creepy and weird. Bring us
6: all the light bulbs! In college, there was a joke that if you um, so, I live in Charleston, West Virginia, and if you went to the Mothman statue, which is a real thing, and it has a butt, which is strange, um, if you dance around it at midnight, then you will be cursed with the um, curse of the Mothman, which is related to this dead Native American general. Um, so there, that's one of the rituals you can do in real life. Go to Point Pleasant at midnight, dance around the Mothman statue, and you'll be cursed. All
4: right. Are,
2: are, all you, right. Ad, are you advocating for our viewers to go get cursed?
5: Yeah, sure. Why not? It's, you know, It's all about culture. You heard you know? it here first. And while you're there, don't miss out on the butt. Don't miss matter.
6: out. Of, take a picture with that butt, because it's, it's, it's a butt. You have
2: not seen anything until you've seen the butt on the Wendigo Colossus. Take a look <laughs> at that. It is a YWCA locker room dad butt.
0: If um Foxhorn <laughs> said, don't jump on the opportunity to do a uh, video about all the different butts of everything in the wasteland, <laughs> and I know what my next video is.
5: Hey hey juice I'll leave that to you go for it. Yeah. It's free real estate. <laughs> Thanks for this opportunity. There's a
2: there's a whole thread that is now dedicated to Duchess's um backside. <laughs> That's uh
3: what? Yep. There's
5: That's a whole
2: there's a whole thirsty community who's all dedicated wow. to 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 that Duchess. <laughs> That's
5: just Duchess. I mean I, I suppose I I suppose I'm not surprised really. I mean, yeah. we've all seen like, mods. We've I'd all like seen to meet the developer
2: who's models. like, "I must create this perfectly."
5: Well, I'm I'm pretty sure Duchess <laughs> shares the same model as every other female NPC in the game. So, so Duchess butt is probably going to be similar to Sophia butt and any other female wastelanders butt.
0: Unless it was like specifically sculpted, you know, like the the that's her <laughs> legendary effect. Right, right. The 3D artist on it is like tapping the guy next to him. He's like, "Hey, Kevin, how'd I do? Check out the butt on this one." Kevin
2: Ephezdo,
5: yeah, Kevin. He's the guy that works next to the guy. Kevin, the the butt sculpt sculptist.
4: Well, that's the longest I've ever gone
6: without a butt joke. Um, I think that that's a new record for us. So we'll have to mark that in the history books. There you go.
0: (laughs) So um, I, I would love to get Juicehead's thoughts on some of this stuff too. Juicehead, where do you think? First of all, how far into wastelanders have you gotten, personally, and where do you think it might be going?
1: I beat the main story for the Raiders, and then I did Sophia's side quest. And then I've just been doing, like, other miscellaneous things. Um, Where it's going, I think it'd go in a lot of ways. I think what would probably make the most sense would be, like, a conflict potentially with, like, a new faction. Like, there's the Settlers and the Raiders. I, I don't know, I feel like they probably wouldn't just do Settlers versus Raiders part two in a new deal, or maybe, I guess they could, but I could see like a third force coming into Appalachia, whether it be human or non-human, like a big, the mass, I don't know. I could see something along those lines though, could be pretty interesting with how they left the Settlers and the Raiders and how it kind of, this mainly explored the Settler versus Raider combat and the two different dichotomies of those factions. Right, right. Dave, do you have any questions? Yeah. So, um,
6: for for Ju said, really, this is a, a question for for everybody almost. Um, but Ju said, particularly, seeing a lot of the critique and um, I guess some of the comments towards Seventy Six in general, even before Wastelanders, mm-hmm. um, the people that have played the game uh, generally tend to be pretty complimentary of the world itself. So, why do you think that Seventy Six, particularly? has all of this pretty good press about the world um in comparison to other fallout games
1: well i mean it's bigger so that's already there's more to see right. just right off the bat but i i just think the world's cool i think the whole region approach like you when you're in the mire you're not going to mistake it for the forest or the cranberry bog or savage diva. Like each region had its own identity almost where in the past games not that that wasn't a thing like in Fallout 3. If you're in DC versus not DC, you would be able to tell. But I think in Fallout 76, it almost exaggerates that more with what you're seeing, the uh, like the visuals of that region, the foliage. And uh, I think it does a really good job with that. That was, for me, one of my favorite. In, I remember in the beta, when I was first exploring the world, going through each of the regions by myself, uh, you feel really isolated, you listen to the music, you hear all the noises of that region. Really draws you in, and it was a very like, it felt very post-apocalyptic, which I feel like some of the other fallouts didn't capture nearly as well as this one.
2: I think there's um, Nate Perkupile and the other designers, really created a a masterful transition in environments in the game. Mm -hmm. Even now, with uh, if you listen, I was I caught it last night, Um, the new ambient soundtrack that's been added with Wastelanders is breathtakingly beautiful. If you just stop in certain places and listen to the score from Inan Zur, um, it's really, uh, it it comes together in a perfect whole with the environment and the lighting and the music. Um, You just kind of stop and take it in.
6: That's one thing I've noticed from recently, probably the last people to go to Disney World um, for, I went in early February, and kind of being reminded of, when you go to certain lands, like you go to the Star Wars place or you get to the Toy Story place, the music kind of transitions and changes. Yeah. Um, and even when you're in those settlements, like there's a transition like the uh, the foundation is more there's a lot of drums, there's a lot of horns, um, and then the, the, um, the crater I was about to say, the crash space station the, the crater itself, there's like this kind of ethereal space music that's like behind all of that normal like heavy fallout theme that i think is is really interesting and cool and kind of adds to this like touring effect that the game can because it's almost kind of i've said this before it's almost kind of like a, a disney world map of all these different locations that you can visit and that really adds to the effect of some of those bigger areas yeah
0: Alright, so let's discuss our favorite moment from the first year of Fallout 76, and I'm going to pass this off to Pete. Pete, is there something that stands out to you as, as your favorite moment in the first year of playing hmm. 76?
7: Um, just one? Um,
0: a favorite moment?
7: A favorite moment? Um, I really like the end of the Order of Mysteries um, yeah. quest line, like sort of finding out how that all resolved itself, and and so forth. Um, that and the uh, and the Gormon quest that Rose sends you on, um, I I wasn't exactly expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I found that particular uh, part of her of her quest line um, interesting. Those are two that jump out to me.
5: Cool, Oxhorn. Well, uh, I think uh, I've got two really memorable moments. Seeing the Mothman for the first time. Um it was unexpected and really cool because I was in the mire at the time and I had just gone to the hunter's shack and I uh just saw this. I heard this noise and this big black <laughs> swooping thing go shoof, right down. And I was freaking out. It was a live stream and I was I had no I was just like this level 8 character with Weak weapons and this big freaking scary thing with giant eyes appeared. And I was freaked out. Thankfully, it wasn't hostile. So I got to sneak up and take cool screenshots. (laughs) That was a really cool moment. And then um, much later on, after we had had read everything in, in Fort Defiance and learned about the Brotherhood of Steel... Going into the cave and finding Elizabeth Taggarty's body was just a really powerful moment listening to those tapes mm-hmm. And then seeing the ruined uh, lab there and connecting the dots between the Scorched Plague and what the Enclave was doing was like a really cool moment just in the story of the world yeah. that I enjoyed uh, uh, discovering.
1: That's a good one. You said... So for mine, it was almost. It wasn't purely in game. It was almost, I guess, a little meta. But for with Wild Appalachia, the whole uh, sheep squatch experience I thought was really cool because yeah. there was everything came out. I think it was a lying low quest line. It was called. And Everyone expected. Okay, at the end of this would be sheep squatch. You get to the end of it. Spoilers. It's not a real. It's the imposter sheep squatch. And then we were just kind of left like, oh, so what happened? Where's where's the sheep squatch? And even among the community it was like very confusing as to what and then there was like a tease you heard some sounds in game you could find i think it was the quills of the sheep squatch somewhere and the gradual build up to the eventual oh here's the real sheep squatch i just i remember it was a really really cool experience when it finally one day just dropped and it was there surprise yeah but, the yeah, whole the whole
2: community was really talking about that because you yeah. find the campsite with bodies
1: and quills and mm-hmm. you're like what's going on here and, and there's the hollow tape i remember yep yeah Yep.
5: yep. And then there's what happened to that poor fellow uh, when he activated the imposter sheep squash, and we heard on the hollow tape exactly. I mean, yeah. that was terrifying. <laughs> he went bye bye. He got a, quite a reaction from the viewers during my live stream of that.
2: <laughs> Ken, what was your favorite? Uh, like Jusut's, mine isn't so much in game as it is a little meta. Um, Because I've I've been involved in a lot of communities, I think the most memorable thing for me is stumbling upon some of those and seeing the groups that have taken the the sandbox of the game and made it into an interesting experience. Um, The Fallout 5.0 and Ray and Lucy were the first people that I met that had created a complete role-playing faction in the game. Um, And being able to create role-playing experiences um, for people to play as police officers or paramedics or... Um, or uh, Fire Breathers was just really cool and to see how that blossomed into in-game experiences like Fight Club 76 which is awesome Um, and even most recently uh, Fashion Wars (laughs) which you see people completing on a runway uh, in different attire kind of like the modern reality show but in-game so it's been awesome to see how people have created these kind of unique
0: experiences in the game yeah Totally. Dave, what, what was your favorite?
6: So I kind of had a unique opportunity um, when when I guess this game was first released because I'd spent, I, mean, I live in West Virginia and I've spent, I mean, my study in college was geography and Appalachian studies. So I have a lot of that knowledge base. And so going to these locations... And seeing the level of detail in the recreation of a lot of this stuff, um, also the amount of story that doesn't portray West Virginia as a bunch of hillbillies kind of running around, you know, <laughs> eating hot dogs or what have you, like there is some real like care that like you would get from like our local NPR station on like public interest stories. Um, but the thing that surprised me the most, and I think my favorite moment, and and it's kind of unique, I think, to people that have been to these places or have memories from places. So I live in Charleston, but um, there was an opportunity that me and my dad had. My dad's a, an avid golfer. Um, and he uh, got us special tickets to go to one of the Greenbrier tournaments when it first started. And uh, I remember we went to the uh, the clubhouse and we were able to watch, I think it was the 18th hole green from that clubhouse. And they were giving out free Arnold Palmers. And I remember, walking into that clubhouse that's recreated in Fallout 76 and remembering that in my head and missing my dad, like that's kind of a, like yeah. you don't get that playing video games from just like the world design. I think that's that was probably the most special moment that I had in the game. It's very cool, David. Thank you. Nice.
0: Um, when I think about my favorite moment, it was uh, getting a coworker of mine, a, a guy named Martin, um, to jump in the game with me he he uh, I was like hey this game's out you should play it with me we can play together I can help you out take you through the world and stuff and it wasn't until we were both playing together that I realized that he had never played a fallout game before so being able to experience him like running into different groups of people or factions or cre- creatures or whatever we were coming across and and see that in in his reactions and be like oh my god what is this and like it just it dawned on me at one point I was like wait you've not played fallout you don't know anything about this world and he's like no I don't (laughs) and I mean we've all had that experience of like recommending oh you should go play fallout 4 or fallout 76 or I mean fallout uh, 3 but to jump into 76 and actually experience that with somebody was really cool and and to just you know like and 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 to do parts in the game that like I had already done before and I knew what was gonna hit like why don't we go explore in here what's in here and then just see him experience that and have questions, and I thought that was a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. And that
2: old-fashioned organ tune means it's time for the feud. Returning home to Appalachia to reclaim their lands by any means necessary, it's the Raiders, Pete Hines and Oxhorn. Give a wave. Ah, are... And all the way from everywhere to plop down and declare this land is now theirs, so tough titty said the kitty, it's the Wastelanders, Juicehead, and Dave Woo! Yeah, I don't, what, what, what do Wastelanders do?
1: Cool. <laughs> <Squatter's That's> stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have a marvelous show for you tonight. We have two teams who are going to come out and battle each other out for domination of Appalachia. I wish both teams the best of Duck now let's play the feud kicking things off for the raiders is pete hines and for the wastelanders is juicehead now we conducted a survey of some noobs at flatwoods and some bloodthirsty raiders at white spring station and we got their answers to a question the top four answers they gave us are up on the board in order of popularity and you have to guess the most popular answer okay here's the question 135 people were polled this question what wasteland creature tastes the best when cooked? show me deer that you're afraid of radstag yes 22.8% of the vote for a total of 22 points juicet
1: all right uh Myler queen
2: show me angry creature
0: <laughs> angry creature
2: <laughs> 16.9% of the vote it's number four there are two left back to pete
7: Hmm. Am I allowed to consult with my teammate?
2: Uh you can call a friend.
7: <laughs> <clears throat> so ring, Ox- ring, ring, ring ring. Um <laughs> oxhorn o- I'm thinking mole rat just because they're everywhere, but What about the honey beast? Oh it tastes like honey? That's not bad. You wanna go with that? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. We're gonna I'm I'm gonna go with honey beast.
2: Show me store bought honey on legs. Mm. Oh, no.
1: Oh. oh.
2: Back to juice
1: Can I also phone a friend?
2: You too can phone a friend.
1: All right, Dave. What what you, oh, ring 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 ring. Dave, are you there? Oh, hello. Um, yeah, oh, hello. So, I was uh, thinking Rad Roach just because the memeability of it. But I don't know and it's like everyone knows a Rad Roach.
6: What about like a well, like a death clause probably like Oh
1: yeah, that is good. Yeah, a death Do claw. That. Yeah, no, that's probably all right. Either so one. I would go with death claw. Show death me claw,
2: 15 feet of nope. Yes, number one answer at 27.9% oh, oh, well of the vote.
0: Actually, no, that's a number three answer.
2: Oh, a number three answer.
0: Double check that. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry, number two answer. That's the number two answer.
2: Uh, oh, you know what? It's weird. It didn't give me an any order.
1: All right, um, so we did pretty good.
0: Good calling, Steve Harvey. This
1: is a shame. Good enough <laughs>
0: Yeah, and if you look in the Discord, if you scroll up, you'll see all the, all the.
6: Ones
1: yeah,
0: there. I snipped the same ones, but the. Okay. The, I didn't give them. Yeah, the same. If, if look at the bars,
6: you can see. Yeah, yeah. Right. Steve Harvey also from Welch, West Virginia. So Death clause is the number two answer.
7: Death clause two. What what was the one that we didn't get?
2: Uh, we have one more left. So back to Pete Hines.
7: Um. Yeah, I'm going to go mole rat. They're everywhere.
2: Okay. Uh, mm. No, no mole rat.
1: Back to juice Uh Now I will go rod Roach. Show
2: me Defcon Decon. Uh,
1: mm.
2: No.
5: Hmm. Does it have to be meat or can it be things like eggs and stuff like that oh yeah that's true it could be anything that you would have answered creature creature
7: Hmm. Mm, my next guess mm, am i allowed to call oxhorn back absolutely ring ring uh uh,
5: yes i'm here uh uh,
7: so now i'm thinking like is it yagwai is it or is uh, or is it i mean are we overthinking it and it's scorch beast
5: Oh, oh, maybe. So, Yaogwai, that came from, from bear. And my dad once told me that bear is really stringy. So maybe not bear. But bat, I don't know anyone who's ever eaten a bat. And mutated bat, well. <laughs> All
7: right, you know what, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm going to go Scorch Beast.
2: Show me giant bat. Mm.
7: No. Oh. oh, man. They don't know what they're missing.
2: Alright, let's let's go to our audience and throw in a hint. Uh, if you want to stake a claim, you would choose this animal. First person to shout it wins. Brahmin stake. Oh yes, perfect. Brahmin. Number one answer.
7: Oh man. Good answer, Ox. I
2: I should've known that. Raiders! All right. Next question, we'll go to uh, Juicehead for the team of That's Mine. Uh, We'll also have uh, Oxhorn answering for the Gimme Gimmies. We polled 123 people who replied to this question. Who would you marry? So we're looking for a Fallout major character. Someone that you would marry. Any Fallout? Any Fallout. Kate. Show me that Kate. Number two answer thirty
1: five point eight percent. Huh. I mean I feel like the obvious next would be Piper, but I'm just gonna go for Preston.
2: Show me that microwave sausage Ooh. Oh no. Uh-huh.
5: Um well, Back Dots. So. I guess will feel sure free to, to call a, with- a friend. Uh, let's, uh, uh, let's let's call Pete. Ring 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 ring. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about Piper? I, that's, I think that's pretty solid. Pretty solid. All yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna go with final answer, Piper. Show me the reporter
2: with the mostest. Yes. Number one answer. Forty-three point one percent of the vote goes Good to. Good instincts,
5: Juice. Piper. Yeah. Instincts. <laughs>
2: We have two left up on the board let's go back to Dave
6: okay um, so for marrying okay my my answer based on when you go through the hashtag fallout the number one I think maybe like a romantic art that I see is a paladin <laughs> dance so that would be <laughs> that would be my answer <laughs>
2: Show me a tin can and underwear. No. What?
0: But no, dance, dance is fourth. Dance is fourth. Oh, oh you're right.
2: Do
7: <laughs> oh, you, you want to do that line again, Ken? <laughs> I'm going
2: gonna, I'm gonna to need to call a friend. Uh, Tom? All right, so uh, say dance again.
6: Uh, Paladin dance.
2: Show me dance dance revolution. Yes, number four answer for 9.8% of the vote. That leaves us one left.
5: Is is it our turn or? Back to Oxford. All right, uh, let me ring a friend. Okay, ring, ring. I'm here. All right, so I'm having a hard time. It's either everyone's favorite foul-mouthed boy, grown up, McCready, or everyone's favorite camera Google Hancock. Who do you think?
7: I don't think people are suggesting to marry the kid.
5: Well, he grew up, right? He grown. He he's no longer a mayor. He grew into. <laughs> he grew into a, a gunner. Former kid, former gunner, now mercenary.
7: I, I think it's a flip of the coin. You pick.
5: Oh, okay. Well, uh, I I think that uh, the ghoul has a certain sort of um, <clears throat> swashbuckling charm. So we'll go with Hancock.
2: Show me Hancock. Yes. Hancock, eleven point four percent of the vote.
7: Ox crushed it. Damn all right. Raiders rule. All
2: right. And before we go on to the next one, I'm going to number these because
0: they are. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: Halftime break. Uh,
2: if anybody needs to take a break, by all means, let me know. Okay, there we go. All right, uh, back to Raider Pete and Farmer Juice for question number three. We polled 81 people who answered this question. Which faction of any Fallout game would win in an all-out multi-faction war?
7: Brotherhood
1: of Steel. I
2: was going to say that. (laughs) Show me the Brotherhood of Steel. Number one answer with 51.9% of the vote goes to the Raiders.
6: Stealing our answer. Yeah. Honestly, Juice we had, get all of our good answers from Juice. Just
2: yeah. Just. But then,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I would the to speak quicker. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, number two is probably... It's got to be the Enclave, right?
2: Show me the Enclave! Number three answer okay. with 18.5% of the vote.
7: Uh, I'm, I'm going to call a friend here and check on Ox. Ring, <laughs> ring. Ah, uh, yes. So... I, I'm inclined to go with Minutemen only because
5: I—I I mean, there's the the optimistic part of me would agree with you. I love the Minutemen. I think they could reshape the ways. Well, but again,
7: but, I, I, I'm guessing at what people are guessing, not what the actual correct answer is.
5: And, and I think more, more people would guess the NCR. Yeah.
7: Well, it's probably down to those two. It's a question of which one would more folks take
5: yeah well if uh, we are including all factions not just fallout 4 factions right yeah Correct? all
7: uh, all yeah. the Fallout. i'm just thinking mm-hmm. minutemen only because they're more recent
5: okay well um gosh that's you, you think fight. ncr i think ncr but it's it's look your you turn. crushed that
7: you crushed the last one so i'm gonna go with your gut uh, we're gonna say ncr
5: show me
2: militant californians
1: mm. Oh
2: no oh.
1: back to juice So I feel like the right answer to this question would be the Scorched. I don't know if they count as a faction, but like they would probably win. But every answer has been Fallout Four factions, right? Like for all this and the the few questions. So I'm gonna say the Institute.
2: Show me those naughty, naughty scientists! Yes, number two answer the Institute with 22.2 percent of the vote. They don't
5: even care about the Commonwealth. <laughs>
2: <All right. laughs> they're going to replace us all alright last one left up there
7: yeah I'm going to stick in that vein I, I don't need to check with I'm going to stick in that vein I'm going to try the Minutemen
2: show me I got a market on your map mm.
0: no Oof, oh I, wow really? I got a market on your map
4: <laughs>
1: another settlement needs your help <laughs> one huh. This is a hard because I everything's been Fallout 4. But, like, it can't be the Railroad, right? People don't think the Railroad would win in a war. No. No. Uh, I don't. Sorry, I, I wasn't I, called. Let me... Oh, yeah, wait, no, I can phone a friend, though. Ring, ring. Hello. Hello. So, who do you... Th- I, so, it's not Fallout... It's not the brother... Not the Enclave. Okay, so, yeah. It could be uh, a so f- 76 faction. It could be, yeah. They're all but, dead. But, I mean, they're well, all I dead. <laughs> I guess <that's>, they lost.
6: <laughs> yeah. Um... My my gut is we've we've done the three we've done like Brotherhood of Steel and uh, uh, Enclave, Enclave. and we have we've done NCR. What about like um, I'm trying to think what's the name of them? Um,
1: What do they look like?
6: Oh, the Caesar's Legion. Oh yeah
1: yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, no that probably is the the, or Mister House is he really fact but oh you're right Yeah. yeah. Because he has all the robots. Yeah, but would people think that? I don't know. That's a hard one. Just the robot uprising? Yeah, I don't know. So what do you think? Do you think it's the Legion or House? I think it. Our fate's in your hand right now. House? I'm going to say House. All right, so we'll go Mr. House and his robot army.
2: Show me Tony Stark and a computer. Mm. No!
6: (sighs) Tony Stark and a computer. (laughs) Let's pull our audience this. for
2: a hint. It is a Fallout New Vegas faction.
7: Caesar's Legion. It's gotta. Be. <laughs> it's gotta be a Legion.
2: Show me True to Caesar. Seven point four percent of the vote. That is the number four answer. Goes to the Raiders. How is NCR not even on there? What the heck?
7: Don't know. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Well said. Like the Loch Ness Monster, it does not make sense.
2: Final round, <laughs> final question. and the Overboss, how are you feeling?
5: <clears throat> oh, I'm feeling Raiderific.
2: Foundation <laughs> Dave, are you ready?
5: Uh, my,
6: my foundation is strong. I don't even need a home inspector to know that.
2: <laughs> All right, final question, fellas. We polled 92 people on this big question. Who do you think is most responsible for dropping the first nuke during the Great War. Vault China. Tech. Ooh. I heard Dave first. Yeah,
1: Vault Tech was first, definitely.
2: <laughs> Show me those naughty, naughty Vault Tech people. Number one answer: forty-six point seven percent of the vote goes. Because to- why
6: would they build the vaults? <laughs>
0: So, so in this answer, when we pulled them, Valtec, the Enclave, and the U.S. were all tied together as one answer.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay. You can't, you can't choose. Don't choose the U.S. or Enclave. Those both work into the first answer.
7: Well, his his first instinct was China. So,
5: yeah, I think. I mean, if if Valtec got number one, which does surprise me, though, there is the Valtec symbol on the. Well, bottom but he of the but
7: Vault-Tec. he said they combined Valtec and the U.S. Yeah. Right, so. I, an enclave. Yeah, an enclave. And enclave.
5: So. so it's it's got to be China number 2. Let's see. Better dead than red.
2: China is number 3. 17.8% oh, of the vote. Wow. Okay. Goes to the Raiders. That leaves us with two left, the number 2 answer and the number 4 answer.
6: Oh, uh let me it's my turn, right? let it me is. phone let me phone You said
1: hello um I think I mean now it's kind of hard I would guess Pam would people say Pam Is it- the, the little robot from the uh, Fallout 4 quest that's I mean that's uh, who else I don't know Preston I don't know. <laughs> Just because why not? <laughs> Pam or Preston? That would be my guess. All of these
2: answers are directly related to lore or lore theories. All of you should bear that in mind.
6: Okay, let's do Pam. Let's see.
2: Nonstick cookware. <laughs> Pam. 24.4% okay. of the vote goes to
7: so that was number two? Was that the number two? That was
2: response? the number two answer. Wow. That leaves one left, one interesting theory
5: left. Well, there is that theory that we got from the Zach's computer in the Brotherhood of Steel Bunker in Fallout Two, where he suggested that it all came from bored AI. Pre-war artificial intelligence just got bored. And they wanted to see what would happen, so they launched the nuclear apocalypse. That's kind of close to Pam. I mean, though Pam Pam is an AI, but I don't know if it stemmed from boredom. So, is that like a separate answer? Can we say bored AI?
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a separate answer. Show me a computer who got tired of playing Minesweeper. Mm. No.
1: One. Right, it's definitely Preston. Left. <laughs> all right, well.
6: All right let's do it let's lock that answer in final answer Mr. Preston
1: Garvey I have no idea why (laughs) that would make sense but the people people are weird the internet is strange let's do it show me
2: the most despised person in fallout lore
5: hey I love Preston (laughs) (laughs) no Uh. okay um, Pete I'm coming up against the wall here um We've done Enclave, Military, vault Tech, Pre-War USA. We've done China, we've done PAM, we've done Board AI, and for some reason, Preston Garvey. <clears throat> what What would be the big obvious one that we're not thinking of?
7: Well, again, we're guessing at what they guessed, right? Right. So what, what we think is the answer is not relevant. So the question is, is there any number of fans who have a – Brotherhood of Steel conspiracy theory is that it was Brotherhood of Steel considered as part of the.
5: Well, I mean, Brotherhood of Steel is a post-war faction. It didn't exist before the bombs dropped.
7: Yeah, but I'm guessing at what people are guessing.
5: Right. So would people be confused enough to think that the Brotherhood started the nuclear apocalypse?
2: Yes. I don't know. Um, Yes. In 2020, (laughs) anything's possible.
5: Again, we're guessing at what they're
7: guessing, not actual answers. What else do you guess? There's some stuff in Vegas about how House knew there was going to be a, a nuclear war, right? You're That's true.
5: Lo- he was he was preparing for it, right? But then again, he went to all the effort to save Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 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 drawing I, I, a blank here. So. I, I, I'm
7: I'm drawing a blank on what else people guessed, particularly because it's not the fourth answer; it's like the sixth, because three of them. Are rolled into one answer, US enclave, and right? So, so it's I'll the
1: seventh, that. I think, right?
2: Let's ask our audience, and the first person to yell out the answer will claim the final answer. The audience says, The threat came from above. Aliens! Oxhorn oh, calls! Oh, oxy, yeah. uh, Show me Satans! <laughs> Yes, the number four answer, well eleven point one percent oh, yes. of the vote. It was the aliens.
5: How could I have forgotten that? Of course, that's a theory. All
2: right.
7: I'm uh, not even sure I've ever heard that theory—that there was a conspiracy theory that aliens started the Great War. Well,
5: there are there are some recorded holotapes tapes on Mothership Zeta yep. where uh, they talked about oh, where they they abducted. Right. Uh, They abducted someone who was in charge of the nuclear codes and they had some of the nuclear monsters. Let's not
2: forget their invasion plan with Giddy Up Mm -hmm. Buttercup. Mm
5: -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Weaponized Buttercups.
7: Okay, fair enough.
2: All right. Well, uh, we were
7: trying to go for wacky and off the wall, and and
2: Ox found it. I gotta do some quick math here.
6: (laughs) If it was, uh. Instead of who do you think is responsible as opposed to where did they nuke, my my answer would be um, Pete's camp.
7: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if you're looking, I think I'm just ahead of uh, Whitespring in terms of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta, uh, the, BIT, right. the BIT might have to run the numbers again, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked, I was just ahead of Whitespring.
5: Now, when, on my first day of streaming Wastelanders, I was in the crater just doing quests and somebody nuked my camp. <laughs> right in the middle of my camp. It was the dead center of the nuclear... I destroyed everything. That's
2: a question. All qu- my concrete. There's a question for you while I'm adding this up. Uh, when you play in-game, do you play as Oxhorn? Like, is that your handle? Or do you, like, go yeah. under the radar? Okay.
5: That's no, cool. I I I play on, the, on a public type. server. I play as Oxhorn. I, I, yeah. I, people will bump into me all the time. It's, get
0: yeah, it's stream sniped.
5: I've bumped into Juice a few times, too. I yeah, think. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Here are the two. It that should have been it.
6: Preston. Are you using a Ti thirty four or an eighty three? Because eighty three is a really where. It's hey, well, why
7: yeah. were why were waiting?
1: I'm using a ex- with... Explain
7: to me where the Preston theory
1: comes um, from. I feel like Preston's <laughs> the biggest meme. So oh, um, just just like people of would that. do it. Yeah, just that, that's different. so
7: basically the same as my Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah, theory, exactly. Which is not whether it's practical. It's just. I was thinking of what name would people spit out yeah. when they were naming things. And, yeah, I could see that for Preston.
1: I think it should have been Preston, honestly. For, like, out of the fourth. <laughs> yeah, it should have been. <laughs>
6: like the Star Wars Jar Jar Beings Theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Preston's like a Highlander. He was there from the beginning. He'll be there 300 years yeah. later.
6: There can right. be only one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have the points. And this concludes Fallout Feud. Winning for the Raiders at two hundred uh, and thirty-three points and point seventy cents is the Raiders.
7: Yes, get off our Ooh-hoo. land.
2: The Wastelanders <laughs> will Squatters. leave with a paltry one hundred and sixty-six point forty points. Congratulations to the uh, to the Raiders, to Victor, Lola the spoils and the treasure of Appalachia. But our losers aren't going home empty-handed. They'll be headed home with sixteen Carlisle typewriters to scrap. Oh.
1: Thank you for playing
2: with you. That's
7: That's not bad bad at all.
2: (laughs) And we'll see you next time.
0: Wastelanders has transformed Appalachia as we knew it forever. In the week leading up to Wastelanders, players visited their favorite former spots that we knew would change. Spruce Knob, the crashed space station, and even Watoga. To close out the show, we want to get right to gaming experience itself
6: we're going to dive into everyone's most memorable moment since Wastelanders dropped this week. An encounter, an NPC, a quest moment, or even a new mechanic or meta. Let's start with Uncle Pete Hines himself. Take it away. Hmm. Distilling it down
7: to one is always hard. I mean, honestly, my favorite, my, my, my favorite moment, and this isn't live game, this was back on the PTS, um, was coming over the bridge. Um, and, and, you know, coming down that hill from the vault and being so used to just seeing the overseers camp and suddenly there's a settlement there yeah. and there's a bar I can walk in. Because when we started PTS testing, they didn't really give us, like we didn't get a ton of setup, of where exactly is everything? So it, I got to experience it a bit fresh. And finding that, seeing a robot out there Attending the Brahmin, walking into the thing. bar. There's a there's a fight going on. Of course, <laughs> the first time I walked in there, uh, I don't even know if the scripts were running for that quest yet. So they, everybody was just sort of standing around. But like, <laughs> there's a ghoul in the bar and a lady behind the bar. It was just such a great like holy shit! This feels so different than you know the last hundred times I've I've walked through this with a new character.
2: I have a question on that. Uh, so you'd mentioned I didn't know this, but you'd talked about it at Game Days that Jason Mewes from Clerks, which was such an iconic movie for when I grew up, plays Mort. How did that even come about? Was he I, asked or?
7: I, I, I have the foggiest idea. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: I just wondered if he was getting into voice acting, or if, if one of you guys went in and like, "Hey, I got an idea."
7: Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. He's um, awesome. I, I found out about that at Pax East
4: like
7: (laughs) yeah but for me i think it was the wayward that first time that really like having npcs and they built stuff that wasn't here before um really um was like wow this this is pretty cool and i can't wait to see more
2: awesome now to me when we emerged on reclamation day we emerged into a new world but a silent one Our journey from Flatwoods to the Cranberry Bog was a pursuit of just missing a living soul. Their stories told in holotapes, lost in stained notes, and the bodies of those who laid down and never got up. From a storytelling perspective,
5: what favorite new moment did you have, Oxhorn? Well, one of the things I really enjoyed about um, the previous fallouts is being able to have a companion tag along with you and... uh, You know, talking to that companion, well, not really talking, but being able to share experiences and having them have funny things to say at odd moments. Those are always some of the best parts of of my gameplay in the past. And with Wastelanders, I think one of the best moments I had is when we uh, started doing the quests with Ra Ra, and Ra Ra joined us. Well, we actually had to go into uh, Grafton Steel and find Ra-Ra, and then she tagged along with us for a little bit, and it gave me um, <clears throat> vibes of Mothership Zeta with Sally crawling around in the pipes and unlocking things for us. We had that same thing with Ra-Ra, and I found myself talking to Ra-Ra and making jokes and you know picking on her dialogue, and she was, uh, she was just a lot of fun. So exploring a dungeon with a new character, even if it was part of a quest and it was temporary, was uh, refreshing. It reminded me of previous Fallout games and I had a great time. Also having Beckett along when we were going into the uh, Corvega parking garage was also uh, another experience much like, much like that that I really enjoyed.
0: One of the more interesting evolutions of Fallout 76 in year one was a unique array of content creators, streamers, and role players who took on the sandbox of Appalachia and made it their own. From runaway fashion shows, such as Fashion Wars, to unique roleplay PvP between the bunnyhood and the bear clave, we've seen it all. For Juicehead, who was perhaps one of the widest angle lenses and ears to the ground in the community, what is your favorite moment in Wastelanders?
1: So mine was, I think it was my favorite moment because I kind of forgot about it, but I guess mine But early on doing wastelanders the main quest you encounter the free radicals and then you could deal with them in a variety of ways which i think most people just kill them because i don't know they didn't like them so i was trying to do a more evil or alternate playthrough so i didn't i tried to befriend them and i was like oh yeah i'll help you out with whatever evil deeds you want to do and then you kind of leave off there they're like oh yeah i'll help you and then they're like oh yeah cool and go do the rest of the quest and i kind of forgot about it It was probably another few hours of gameplay But then, as you, after a certain quest point, roll up to the Wayward, you'll find the Free Radicals had invaded the Wayward, and they were planning on collecting that debt you offered them so much earlier. For me, it was just a really cool moment, because I almost forgot I had done that, signed that verbal contract, and then I was, like, expected to actually pay in one way or another once I had gotten all the good loot, and I was like, well, I don't really want to give you this stuff now. So unfortunately, I could do, like, dialogue choices to get out of it, but it was just a cool experience. Actually, having like a consequence to my actions from much earlier on, and then coming all back around, and you get a really cool mask. So it was, it was definitely all worth it. Everyone left happy.
0: All right, um, Dave, do you have a favorite moment in Wastelanders so far?
6: Yeah, one of the things that I was looking forward to was how um, what they were going to do with building off of characters that we already knew. Um, and so, if you're if you're really into the uh, what's a good, like the dialogue and the, the holotapes and the notes of the year one, uh, fallout 76, you kind of get a clue of characters. Um, so my favorite moment and one that was really a little more special in that, you know, I hate to pull out the emotional bat- bandwagon again, uh, for the second time today, but, um, Duchess, the character in the wayward, um, you can have some dialogue with her. And if you would read some of the notes and found the stash in Welch, um, West Virginia, which is a real place. Um, you would know that there may be some connection between that Duchess who is a drug kingpin and this Duchess who owns the Wayward. And so there's some dialogue that kind of clues to the fact that she changed her name, that she's doing a new thing. And it reminded me, it reminded me of my grandmother who lived in Welch and um, during the Great Depression changed her name entirely, never told us what her old name was and went out on her own. And like changed her, she went from a, her she went by a nickname named Jinx, uh, which I always thought was funny. Um, but I was kind of like, oh, cool. It's like they're taking these characters from this, you know, this time when we didn't see them or know them, and extrapolating them. And that one kind of hit home to me. It's like it feels more alive. It feels like that they're these are real West Virginians with with real stories.
2: That's awesome. Very cool. Ken, do you have a favorite moment? Uh-oh, hold on.
4: I'm having trouble connecting
6: to you. <laughs> That's show <laughs> title.
0: Just unplug it. All right, Ken, do you have a favorite Wasteland wastelanders
2: experience? Yeah, uh, in PTS, i only went so far as I wanted to, to save the main storyline for when it launched, but I'll remember the, the, my favorite moment is after all of this buildup of, of trying to chase down the overseer after all of this time the moment you walk into her house and she's there in front of you uh, and you have to face up to her this person who kind of molded you from an early age all the way up through the vault and then you know just kind of throughout into the world um, you have to, to face her for the choices that you've made and basically deciding to carpet bomb nukes everywhere Uh, owning up to that in front of her was a really surreal moment the subtleties um, and like the little nuances in the decoration of her space is amazing there are, are little pieces from all of her adventures she's got these artifacts and display cases um Finding her, for me, was like finding your dad again in Fallout 3, where there's so much buildup, and it's, is he alive? Is he dead? Is she alive? Is she dead? And then finally, you catch up to her. Uh, I remember having a really emotional moment, like, okay, you're still alive, and here you are, and of course you want me to go do something. Um, I thought that was a really cool moment for me.
0: Very cool. Now, for my moment, you'd probably think I would pick something very lore-specific, but um, I'm going to go in a different direction with this, because that's where most of you guys have gone. Uh, For me, it's the little details that make the world feel more alive. Um, And one example of this very early on is when you go back to your camp, and you're having a conversation with... uh, I don't remember who it is. It's one of the settlers, maybe? Um, It's before the Free Radicals come up and approach you for the first time. You're having conversation out there by your camp. And when this was happening for me, the person I was talking to was framed in the middle. And as the conversation was going on, in the distance, I can see very slowly wandering like toward me two objects. At first it looked like one, and then it was two, and I realized it was two people. I didn't realize they were people at first, and they are like, oh, there's two people. Oh, they're armed, and they have weapons out. And it actually forced me to cut the conversation short and then deal with these two individuals who were approaching me. And it felt like a very realistic, like, hey, I'm having a conversation. Oh, something else is happening. I need to change my attention here. Um, the fact that the game is doing that, and I don't ever remember that ever happening in another Fallout game because I believe the world pauses whenever you have a conversation in Fallout 4 or Fallout 3. It's You're just having that one conversation. Nothing else is happening, I, I believe. Um, but in this, the world keeps moving, and that's the way the world actually works. Uh, and that kind of little detail, and that's one of a number of little details that happen in this game that really make it feel alive and kind of like you're really in the situation and you have to just be aware. I, I don't know. That that really made it feel like a kind of new experience in Fallout that still made a lot of sense and felt real to me.
2: And then for the uh, final moment here, there's going to be another floating Mr. Handy who's going to remind us that the uh, it's time to close the show. Uh, so Tom then you can lead the closing
0: yeah alright everybody thank you for joining us for this episode of the Fallout Hub and thank you to our guests Pete thank you for joining us is there is there anything you'd like to share to end out the episode and how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to reach out to you
7: <laughs> I feel like everybody knows where to find me <laughs> they, they have no issue finding me and telling me what they think um, I, I am a DC Deacon on pretty much any platform that you can name um Thank you guys for, for having me here. Thank you for for um, what all of you do to help um, amplify and talk about uh, not just Fallout 76, but the world of Fallout, the amazing stories that it contains, um, the fun that it has, the community that's built around it. I'm glad that everybody's enjoying Wastelanders so much and looking forward to what we have to come in 2020 uh, and beyond. So stay tuned.
0: Thanks, awesome. Pete. Oxmorn, how can
5: people get a hold of you? Um, uh, Really, I'm just at Oxhorn on Twitter, just at Oxhorn. I don't really use much uh, other social media uh, except YouTube, of course. I've got my YouTube channel and uh, Twitter. That's about it. So people can shout out to me there. I, I don't always respond, but I try to respond every now and then. And, of course, I'm constantly producing new content on my channel.
2: Yeah, and you've also been streaming a lot of live stuff for Wastelanders
5: so people can tune in. I have, yeah, and I try to be pretty responsive to the chats, so uh, I've got a few more Wastelander streams co- coming up, so you can come on down and join the fun.
0: Awesome. Juice Head, or Mr. Head, as as I like to call you.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm mainly on YouTube, also on Twitter, but pretty much everywhere you can just find me under Juice Head. Um, you might find some pictures of bodybuilders along the way, but I'm definitely in there somewhere. <laughs> Um, But yeah, pretty much just juice head everywhere, making Wastelanders content right now, but Fallout overall.
0: Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been a blast for us, and this is something that we've been looking forward to ever since we were able to put this episode together. Um, If you'd like to tune into more episodes of the Fallout Hub, then you might be watching this on a video. You might be listening on podcasts. We are available on all the different podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the different places. Um, I'm your host, Tom or Robots. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Robots Radio Network, that's robotsradio.net. You can check out my podcast at uh, the Fallout Lorecast, and you can find me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. And then Ken, Ken let them know how they can get hold of you and your podcast. Sure,
2: I'll, I'll go last because I've
0: got that. Uh, okay, last. we'll go
6: to Dave. Yeah. Dave. Yeah sure Uh, you can follow me on twitter at Dave Chaffins. That's kind of my personal account Um, if you want to go back and listen to old episodes of Vault Boys WV which kind of covers the first year of Fallout 76 and two West Virginians Virginians playing and experiencing that you can find that archive online I also do a show called Mystery Time Live in which I take a bunch of pop culture mysteries and uh, try to solve them in the most unorganized methods possible (laughs) Um, uh, that's it for me
2: and you can find me at fallout76podcast the chad fallout76podcast we're on youtube uh, and all of the podcast players and now to play us out is memphis tennessee-based indie band the marty ray project with their beautifully acoustic cover of the iconic country roads the regional emblem of appalachia the story of year one is the story of the community who gave it life for those coming back to the game or picking it up for the first time, what follows are wishes and messages from all of the streamers, podcasters, factions, and groups to check out for yourself.
3: Almost here, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah
4: River On behalf of the Fallout 50 new older responders
7: older we look forward to serving tree, Appalachia in year 2 And here's
6: from me Kev Doit from like Well Kev Doit here's to year
3: 2 in Appalachia Wait does anybody else on. hear that From Angry Turtle and SH Games here's, here's to year 2 in, in Appalachia, Appalachia.
6: From all of us here West at Two Universal, here's to Year Two in Appalachia. Man,
3: Stay tuned. Hey everybody, Medic here, and you can find me at www.twitch.tv/medic1556. And here is to Year two in Appalachia. This is Appalachia Howie and Pantagruelia from F76 Art Project. And we want to wish you all a fantastic year two in Appalachia. From everyone here at the Munchkin Jesse channel, we want to wish you a happy two years in Appalachia.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Hey y'all, bearded I am at Wasteland Brews from Twitch. Cheers to year two Wastelanders. From the Brotherhood of Steel
0: Appalachian Chapter, here's to year two. My,
6: my I have From Save the Enclave home. Armed Forces, year two, year two in
1: Appalachia. Appalachia.
3: From the head of the table, Mister Draw, and the rest of the security, here's to year two in Appalachia.
0: From all of us here at the Fallout seventy six Discord. Here's to year two in Appalachia.
3: From all of us here at the Miniman of West Virginia, here's to year two in Appalachia.
4: From Nakari 206, with the Fallout Photo Mob, here's to year two in Appalachia.
6: G'day guys and girls, this is Tyrone, or better known as Tyrone. Just giving one last cheers as we enter Year 2 of Fallout 76.
3: This is Rekha and and all of her best friends at Facebook Gaming making everyone out there a great Year 2 in Appalachia. From all of us here at the Vulture, here's to Year 2 take me in Appalachia. From all of us here in the WBR, Have here's the two years, years in Appalachia. I'm Rick McVick.
6: I'm Vandertron. And I'm Shaleen. And from all of us here at That Fallout Show,
3: congrats on the launch
6: of Wastelanders!
3: See you in Appalachia! From all of us in the Free States Militia, here's to year two in
0: Appalachia! The Reddit Followed Network's looking forward to another year in 76. Are you ready? From everyone here at the Appalachian Brotherhood of Steel, here's to year two in Appalachia and many more to come!
2: From all of us here at the Apocalyptic Aristocracy, here's to year two in Appalachia. Keep it weird.
1: From all of us modest and hardworking people at the vault Tech
6: Corporation,
3: here's
1: to year two in Appalachia.
3: And driving down the road, I get the On behalf of the Fallout feed, Dames Who Game, the Skyrim addict podcast,
4: and all of us from ASA Podcasting,
5: we'd like to welcome all the new Wastelanders.
3: We're so very glad to meet you.
5: Here's to year two in Appalachia. We'll see you in the Wasteland.
3: West Virginia. Take me home Country road Where country road Take me home Yeah, to the place I belong West Virginia Mountain mama Take me home Country road Take me home, country road Take me home, country road You know my camera with a minor strain of heart
5: You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at
0: robotsradio.net.
4: Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful here on the content creators guide available wherever podcasts can be found.